Stocks gained and bonds fell yesterday on U.S. and allies' efforts to de-escalate tensions in the Middle East. But make sure that you don't lower your guard too soon. So welcome. This is Swiss Codes Daily Market Talk. So yes, stocks gained and bonds fell yesterday as if there was concrete good news on the wire regarding the tensions in Gaza. But the only news was the international efforts to convince Israel not to enter Gaza. And I think it's not good enough. But on Monday's trading session, the U.S. and its allies' efforts to de-escalate tensions in Israel actually seem like they paid off quite well. Yet, if you haven't heard just yet, well, Israel told the U.S. to embrace for a long war. So to my ears, that doesn't really sound like a softening Israel. Now, we all know that no matter how bad the things get in the Middle East between Israel and Hamas, well, the way and the intensity with which the market and investors perceive the fresh news will gradually decrease and we will eventually come to that point where low-risk assets like gold and Swiss franc will give back gains for good. But I believe that right now is still too early to get used to the war as Israel hasn't said its last word just yet and the risk of an Israeli offensive remains high and there is a possibility of a sharp decline in global investor appetite if diplomatic efforts fail and this is why I wouldn't just yet bet against US treasuries, against gold and against the Swiss franc. Now from a price perspective, gold remains in a bush a touch lower than its 200-day moving average level and could rapidly, but I say rapidly, jump to an above the $2,000 per ounce level in case of bad news from the Middle East. The US 10-year yield, which is now back flirting with the 4.80% level, could quickly snap back toward the 4.5% level as well, and crude oil could hop above the $90 per barrel level in a blink of an eye. So yesterday, the overall relief led oil prices lower as well, and news that the US and Venezuela are now set to resume Zoom talks with a good and a strong potential for the Biden administration to ease sanctions against the Venezuelan oil actually helps improve sentiment just in case Iran gets involved in the chaos, in which case well, the U.S. will have to sanction the Iranian oil. So you have to find oil somewhere. And Bloomberg economists actually predict that if Iran gets involved in Israel's war against Hamas, which would, by the way, happen in case Israel enters Gaza, well then the barrel of US crude could rally all the way up toward the $150 per barrel level and that would cut about 1 trillion US dollars off world economic output, they say. Now I believe that $120, $130 range would be a peak, a more reasonable peak for oil prices and there are levels that we saw when uh, Russia invaded Ukraine last year, remember? But the world doesn't have enough energy 
energy left to it to shoulder another massive, massive rally in energy prices. And that means that the global oil demand would rapidly fade and let these oil prices fall free from eventually scary levels like $100 or $120 per barrel levels. So that's my prediction. Now your guess is as good as mine, obviously, at this point of the game as uncertainty looms and no one really knows and no one can really tell you what will happen in Gaza in the next few days and the next few weeks. What we know quite well, however, is that the situation in Gaza is not helping to improve relations between the US and China since China announced that it picked a side and it picked the Palestinian side in this conflict, which is well, quite interesting given what has been going on in the China's Xinjiang region since years, but that's another question. Of course, having China against them didn't please Americans yet again. It feels like each time there is a conflict somewhere in the world, well, China makes sure to position itself against the US. And well, it's then a little surprising that the US considers further curbs on China's access to advanced semiconductors or to the machines that build these semi, these advanced semiconductors to make sure that the Chinese don't get the cutting-edge technology available for its military. Makes sense. Now, Nvidia gained at yesterday's trading session despite the news, but chip stocks are a risky place right now, not only due to potentially escalating chip war between the US and China as a result of the rising tensions in the Middle East, but also because, as we talked at yesterday's episode, Israel plays an important role in the production of advanced chips, and rising tensions in Israel would further disturb the global supply chain for chips. So that's obviously a risk. Now, globally speaking, it's quite courageous, in my opinion, to go back to risk assets these days, especially when, well, the US bond yields are at the current appetizing levels and they actually do deliver a fairly asymmetric risk to rewards picture to investors because look a US 10-year bond will deliver a total return of around 1% if the yield rises by 50 basis points but if the yield falls by 50 basis points well the total return is more than 8% and the longer the maturity of a bond well the more asymmetric this risk to reward picture gets because for a 30-year bond for example, a 50 basis points increase in the yield would lead to a loss of around 3%. But if the yield fell by 50 basis points, then the total return would be more than 13%. And with the Federal Reserve now approaching the end of its monetary policy tightening campaign, well, the actual levels in bond yields already look good enough to me to bring some buyers back to the market at the current levels. But of course, the faith of the US bonds and the US bond yields are, of course, very much tied to the economic data that we'll receive in the coming days and what the Fed will or will not do in the coming meetings in the context of its own war against inflation. Now, it's clear that a further escalation of tensions 
in Gaza, in the Middle East, generally speaking, and a sustainable positive pressure in oil and energy prices should boost inflation expectations around the world and in the US as well, and fuel the rate hike bets for the year end. For now, activity on Fed funds futures still gives more than 90% chance for no action at the FOMC's November meeting, while the probability of no action in December meeting is just a touch below the 70% level, quite unchanged from last week. On the data front, well, the Empire Manufacturing Index showed yesterday a slower than expected contraction in the month of October, and the U.S. retail sales data for September will be released today, a bit later than uh, the time I'm talking here. Now, the retail sales number for September could be a strong one, given that September tends to be a good month for spending as children return to school and you have a whole bunch of things that you should buy for them for the new scholar year. So as a result, a strong looking data could fuel optimism in the markets if the Federal Reserve speakers continue to hint at the end of the monetary policy tightening in the US. Now, one thing to keep in mind is very, very important is that the strong, strong US spending has been one of the major pillars that explain why the U.S. economy remains so much resilient to the Federal Reserve's aggressive monetary policy tightening campaign over the past year and a half. But, but behind the curtains, well, we see some important vulnerability, and that's important because the IMF data shows that unlike some European nations, and that including Germany, France, Spain, and the United Kingdom, well, the American American savings actually took a very, very severe dive to their pre-pandemic levels. And now that money is becoming rare and the rates are increasing, well, spending should slow, and that could help the Federal Reserve keep inflation on track towards its 2% monetary policy target without further raising interest rates. Now, we'll see what happens, but be mentally prepared for another month of strong U.S. sales data, yet don't get too stressed if you see a strong number still. Other than that, we will keep an eye on Bank of America and Goldman Sachs earnings today, and we will also watch the Chinese country garden, which could eventually announce its first default anytime in the next few hours to add on the global level of stress in the financial markets today. So this is all for today. I'm Ipeko Skardishkoy and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. And like these videos to let us know that you actually do enjoy them. I will meet you again tomorrow. And until then, good day trading.